Hello, welcome to this episode of Clapback. I am happy to present today our esteemed guests. We have uh, Tunde Jegede, chora player and multi-instrumentalist slash composer. Uh, we also have Deborah Alufa, vocalist of Arts Ensemble Lagos. And we have Victor Ray, who is also a solo vocalist. Together they make the New Horizons. So welcome, thank you for joining me. As some of our viewers already know and listeners, uh, our series Clapback is very much interested in how music is developed, interpreted and transformed through the African diaspora globally. So please enjoy the good vibes of the music. Before our guests kind of introduce themselves personally, I think it would be interesting if they Tunde uh, opened with a song. Yeah, no problem. The song I'll play to open up is a song entitled Minyombo. Mm -hmm. It's a traditional song from the Kora. Um, so I'll open with that. you for that performance what kind of really interests me most about i mean you as an artist was that you have a kind of interesting global experience of cl classical music so you've got the training of european classical music i i've heard you're trained in the cello yeah right yeah, yeah. Um, um i studied western classical music at music school mm -hmm. which was a personal school of music which was a classical music school and then I also went to the Gambia when I was nine years old to study with a master griot musician in the Gambia, um, Amadou Bansa and Jabati, from one of the five principal griot families. 
mm-hmm. um, at a very young age. So I was learning in parallel the Western classical music and African classical music, if you like. So who took you to the Gambia at such a young age? I travelled there with my mother when I was about nine, eight, nine years old, but specifically to study music with, with my teacher. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, so did your parents kind of gear you into this... No, um, I, I mean, my father was a pope, is was uh, art visual artist. Both my parents are visual artists, mm-hmm. but um, my father was also played percussion. So from very early age, I was playing percussion. Um, from very early age, and then about the age of eight, eight, um, seven, eight, is when I first heard the cora and the cello within months of each other, and both those instruments grabbed me in different ways. When I heard the cello, I was like. Yeah, I have to play this. And the same with the core. It was the sound. Mm-hmm. At that time, it wasn't really a cultural thing of, uh, you know, an African instrument and a Western instrument. It was just the sound of those instruments moved me that I, I was drawn to, the, to those instruments. And then those instruments, if you like, took me on the journey to the places in order to fulfill learning because there, were no, there was no uh, school of African music here. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, not in that time anyway. Uh, the cello and the kora are quite different. They're completely different worlds. They're completely different worlds, but I think it's music. Music is something that is universal. Mm. So music transcends geography. Music transcends, I wouldn't say the smaller things, but (coughs) you could Mm. say the smaller things. And really, the deeper you go into music, the the more the unit those universes open up to you. So even though they're very different instruments, very different worlds, gradually through my journey, I learned how to connect. Mm. to start making connections or building connections and most of the work I do now and today whether that's working with orchestras whether that's working with jazz musicians or African musicians is about building connections because I've been in different worlds and it's then how do you start to bring people together so how have you built those connections over time because I guess you uh, what you're saying is quite interesting that uh, music is a universal language but how it's interpreted how it relates to the body the mind the spirits and cross-culturally is perhaps on a different scale so how have you used both trainings to kind of merge this what you have today with your art okay well i'll give a I'll give an example <coughs> um we have deborah lufa mm. from the art ensemble of uh, lagos and then we also have victor ray their journeys are very different mm. <laughs> i'm sure they'll tell you about their stories <laughs> But I met Deborah Lufa in Nigeria, where a lot of the musicians come from in Lagos, um, a jazz singer, and but she also studied classically as well. And um, so that's a whole world mm-hmm. in itself. And then I met um, Victor Ray in Newcastle, um, young singer, songwriter, both young artists coming from very different worlds. Mm-hmm. And yet in this project, they're working together as lead singers of this group. So that possibly is a way of answering your question of how how through a project you use your skills i I relate to both of them they relate to each other as well but i relate to both of them through if you like through our through our journeys our differences but then also our similarities because when you hear them sing together in the group you aren't saying oh these are two separate people from completely separate worlds Mm. and yet they are in their you know in their beginnings but it's music that really unites everyone everyone in the group how did you guys because it's interesting to find out how people to come together (laughs) actually because like you just don't pick them up from like out (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like okay uh you know we're just gonna make brilliant music together he's a young man from newcastle she's a young lady from lagos i mean how i mean how did you guys build the connection (laughs) okay actually mr tunde used to be my teacher 
oh. at the Musical Society of Nigeria. We had a music school there, so he came in. I was in my second year then, and he came in and started. He played a different kind of music. His compositions were different from what we heard every day and what we do. And so it's quite interesting, though. And some classes, they would teach us some of his songs, and we would learn it and sing it. Though it looked a bit strange, but it got to a point that we started getting used to it. Not everyone, though, because just a few of us. So there was a... After I finished from school, he was still teaching there. So he had, like, a few concerts. The first concert, though, I wasn't a lead singer. I was just a backup. But I enjoyed the experience. He brought some international artists. We backed up for them, sang some of his compositions. So it was interesting. I was like, wow, this is great. So the second, I think the, about the third or fourth series of the New Horizons project, I was opportunity to sing about two solos, and it was amazing. So we met, and I've also learned a lot of things from him. We've recorded songs together, and it's ugh, a different <laughs> ball game. <laughs> no, yeah. Why, why yeah. is it a different ball game? I mean, because um, you okay, said that it, it wasn't normal, the way, the way he taught you wasn't as, like, yeah, as it wasn't normal because okay, the recording we have this time and age, you just think about three or four times that they do copy and paste and you're, you're done. But Mr. Sunday, oh, no, you, you don't, <laughs> it's kind of different because you have to sing the same thing over and over and over and over with the same energy, the same strength, the same color. I mean, that was really, really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I the first two experiences, it's first two sessions. Oh, god. I was um, fucked out, I was tired, but as we went on with the recording, I got interested, I was like, I was learning, I learned persistence, I learned how to give it your best shot, even if you are doing it for the 150th time, keep on doing it and doing it better. And, and it's also, it has, it has also rubbed up on, rubbed up on me in this tour, because we have to sing the same songs over and over in different locations, although we have different audiences, but same song. So you have to still give your best, mm. even if you are singing it again. So a lot. I've learned a lot from him. I can't I can't say everything about I mean No, it could be the, the classical training and the, yeah. the regiment of that <laughs> <laughs> possibly. So it's it's, it's been wonderful. Ah, so interesting. And Victor? Ah. <laughs> well, I got he doesn't a very, sound Jordan. Yeah, I got a very different story. Um yeah. Uh, about a month ago, I was playing at this little community event in Newcastle, uh, which one, one of my aunties was kind of kind of in charge of. And there, there was a counsellor from Newcastle. And I played. And then afterwards, the counsellor talked to me and said, in a few weeks, this man's going to be coming to Newcastle to play uh, his music called Tunde Chigede. And would you like to open the night for him? And I was like, yeah, of course, because... I take any gigs I can get. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just do. I just yeah. So yeah, a few weeks go by. Uh, I get to the place. I perform my set. I open, and then Tunde plays. And then at the end of Tunde's set, I'm just sitting at the back, minding my own business. And uh, Tunde, <laughs> he's like, um, I'd like to invite Victor Ray onto the stage to sing this song with me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I just. I just stand up and go up and he plays something on the chorus and he whispers in my ear the refrain to the song and then he's just like do what you want with it i was like okay so i just kind of sang and did what i wanted and then yeah 
I think the audience liked it. I hope they did because I was, <laughs> I was, I don't know what I was doing. Uh, but yeah, afterwards we talked, and the next day Tunde calls me, and he's like, "Do you want to <laughs> meet at one a.m. at one p.m. to discuss something?" I was like, "Okay." I didn't have anything better to do. I mean, and and it was like it was very exciting because yeah, I just finished this gig, and then this famous European artist is calling me the next day. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so we go and meet, and he's like. I'm going on this tour of England. Uh, we're going here, here, here. You're gonna have to learn all these new songs. It starts <laughs> in a few days. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, oh. So the time that I saw you guys in the Finsbury was mm. that the first time you guys had actually performed together. Yes. Mm. Oh wow. Yeah, he he kind of he gave me the 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 music that he wanted me to sing, and then just the days running up to the performances i was just kind of trying to learn the lyrics even though the friends me i hadn't learned the lyrics as you, that's why i had my phone out no no it was it was yeah. funny it was it was cute though because you were able to kind of be in the rhythm of the song mm. as well as you know just like being on your phone it looked quite trendy actually mm. I'm, gl- I'm glad it did <laughs> i was just I was like okay i just got my phone out yeah because the chemistry was very very strong especially because yeah. you had many artists well this is mm. just i guess one quarter of the, the new horizons <laughs> so uh there's many more of you guys there yeah there's eight yeah. there's eight of us mm. all together on this tour there's um etukobong she's a trumpet player then um then shina Ogontuga, she's a guitarist um we have a drummer uh tom Bapade robert uh Oluwashion on double bass seth percussionist and myself Right, the two of you. So, it's eight. so uh, you guys are going to perform something from the yeah. New Horizons. Okay, we'll do a song. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I wonder which is a song that uh, written, which Deborah Alufo sang on the album. Who, who wrote? Deborah, uh, okay. I wrote the song, okay. but um, um, she sang the song on the on the album, forthcoming album, which will be coming out soon. Okay, brilliant. It's called Sometimes I Wonder. Sometimes I see them 
Yeah, so that was a song entitled Sometimes I Wonder. Okay, so you've told us that you wrote those lyrics. Yeah. Um, what were you trying to kind of communicate there? I find this project quite interesting because as someone who just plays the chorus, um, there's a kind of strong sense of lyricism. The lyrics aren't flat. They're quite inspiring, I would say uplifting and strong influences from soul music, which is know a, a, a slight different direction and i would say perhaps a a spiritual dimension but could you like deconstruct what you were trying to say through that song i think most of the songs that i've done <coughs> generally i mean i've written songs i've written operas so i guess it's coming from somewhere slightly different than say straight pop songs because um and i come from an instrumental background writing for orchestras chamber music all of that so i think uh, and most of the lyrics from the songs that I write have been drawn from poetry that I've written from a long time ago. Not all of it a long time ago, but over the years. So it's it's more coming from poetry than anything else, which affects the type of songs that they are and the subject matters as well. Um, yeah. No, because I found it interesting that there's a kind of collective we... Sometimes I wonder who we are. I mean, who are you? Yeah, the, I mean, this particular song is more of a reflective, meditative state of mind. Okay. So I was saying, you know, sometimes I wonder who we are, and yeah, it's. I usually I usually write the songs in a particular consciousness. Sometimes, like you can be walking through walking through a park, um, and just ideas and thoughts that pass through, and then 
yeah songs songs come at different times and in different ways and they just sum up different emotions or different moments in your life um and it's i mean it, this song's been a while so it's diff it's difficult sometimes a long time after the song to even remember what first triggered <laughs> the the, <laughs> the song mm. but you just know that it captured a moment or an essence of a moment that you'd gone through or expressing some kind of kind of yeah. common human condition exactly because I, I for some reason i thought that maybe like you were like looking at why humanity was just heading in a horrible direction no i think it is i mean a lot of the songs that i do looks at the problematics but not not well, well not just the problematics but in terms of where where are we going i'd say it's a theme throughout a lot of the songs probably in this set are who are we where are we going why are we going there you know what does that hold for us what future does that hold if we go in this direction are we going in the right direction are we going the wrong direction you know those kind of questions i mean i enjoyed this universal perspective but i mean are, are we are you talking through an african perspective or is it just absolutely global i think you always talk from your personal experience so whatever that is um i i talk universally but that that still comes from my my journey i can't talk from anything else so i like people say music of someone like bob marley is universal but it still comes from a very jamaican background that was his particular cultural reference point and in the same way i talk universally but the things that make me me if you like will be influent will influence how i put those things across like the music being african a lot of you know a lot of the music being african in nature um but then more than that you know i've traveled diasporically uh, my journey is a complex one okay that makes sense okay for some reason i don't know maybe it's it's my personal interpretation thought that these huge existential questions were maybe reflective of a political understanding of where humanity was going but i guess not if it's kind of linked to meditation no it is i mean all of those things when i say meditation it doesn't mean just sitting you know thinking about things in a vacuum it's actually all connected so I, I in a way what I meant by meditation was m meditatively looking at all of those mm. global issues which are political in their in in their nature because if you say who are we or where are we going that already is a political question yes. related to what related to where we are related to where the directions that we collectively are going in and in a way when you said like you said the if you like the African world the African world is no longer in isolation the world is global so whether i whether we think globally or not we could think in a small pocket in a village but w everybody is affecting everybody else because of the communication level that we're on now so there's there's nobody that there are very few people that don't have mobile phones there are very few yeah. people that are not linked to the internet so in a way we have all become i wouldn't say the same but almost the same yeah. so those distinctions from the old world which I think I kind of was also in or had a foot in is a very different world today and so these questions are relating to some of those things as to the direction and all of that so would this kind of be why you've merged this project with new horizons I think I think the, a lot of these questions are important for the, the younger generation yeah. and I think they have to also answer those questions in their own way 
and a lot of the artists I'm working with are, you know, in their own way are addressing some of those things. The world that I grew up with and studied in was a very different one. My teacher was 80 when I was eight years old. <laughs> so he was born at the beginning of the 20th, uh, not the 20th, sorry, then <laughs> I'm missing, a, the <laughs> missing the century. century. At the, yeah, yeah, in 19 wow. whatever, he was born just the beginning of that century. So I tapped into studying with someone who was that generation, you know. So I, I tapped into a world in a way that was before electricity in terms of his village, before a lot of things. And it was a very, very different world. And there's things that, you know, there's things that are better today in terms of communication. You know, in those days, you, you couldn't get out of that village. You know, you walk four miles to get water and there was all kinds of stuff that was boring. <coughs> but there were other things of that time that in a way we've lost today in terms of almost music is a looking back in a certain way at certain things because music is a communication art form. It's an art form where it's about communication. When we look at other forms of communication today, like the phones, the phones are supposed to communicate, but then we all look at the phones and are individually, but actually we're with people not communicating, we're communicating with the device. <laughs> so there's all these parallels, this, you know, progression <laughs> is relative. <coughs> yeah. No, I think it's quite interesting because you learnt in a specific tradition where uh, you look towards the elders as a form of knowledge, but now you're collaborating with, with young people as a way to kind of shift a new perspective. Yeah, and sharing, sharing of, I think it's exchange. just information exchange, exchanging of so that people today know what went before and then know what to choose. You know, but if you only have one, uh, the problem I think today is that there's only one, there's only like one paradigm to choose from. And so if that's all you have to choose from, it actually makes things eventually dilute in the wrong way whereas if you have a plurality of things and then you go okay we choose this it's different but if you only got this to choose from it's yeah it limits the possibilities and yet in yet we're in an era where there are so many possibilities and yet the choice the choice is almost becoming less even though there's more yeah. if that makes sense no, when it no, should be more and then before we had more from less <laughs> It's a very strange, it shouldn't, shouldn't be like that, but it, it's kind of ended up that way, which is weird. Yeah, it's really interesting that you said that. Hmm. Basically, if you look at knowledge, if you say like um, smartphones, so you say, you know, the, the phones are smart, but it doesn't necessarily mean the people are smarter. The yeah. phones have got smarter, but possibly the people have got less smart <laughs> <laughs> in, the you know, in the paradigm, because you're shifting all your information, your knowledge into the device which before I used to know all my numbers by heart phone numbers yeah but now I don't because they're all in the phone <laughs> or every <laughs> single number that you've had no I mean before <laughs> no when I was a kid I used yeah. to know you know the the landline numbers one used to know just by memory but then as the phones all had the information in it I, I don't even know my own number so <laughs> <laughs> it shows that the hum we adapt to yeah. And so even though the thing is getting, the technology is getting smarter, it doesn't necessarily mean we are, we are losing some faculties like memory. A lot of things, the memory is in the phone. So would you say that, <coughs> I mean, your music or the New Horizons is kind of developing a 
for a new way of knowing for music as a way of I think understanding yeah it's using music and it's passing on certain ideas that then younger generation can engage with and deal with in their own way it's not to repeat what went before but it's just to know I think it's just to have uh, an insight into multiple possibilities or ways avenues or you know there's great things that happened in the past and they're not always being seen. So when the younger musicians can then interact with those things and say, oh, there's this, there's that, they can think, oh, okay, I want some of this with <laughs> some of that. It gives a wider wider possibilities, I think. No, no, I understand completely. I think that's what I really enjoyed from your first concert at the Bloom, uh, not the Bloomsbury, the Finsbury. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was, it was an intergenerational exchange, I mean, with Deborah and Victor, but also it kind of came together and there wasn't really a, a tension or a forced clash between this and that. So um, you have one more song to play. I think Victor is going to play the guitar. Yes, uh, the song's called Violins, also a lining. When the rain starts pouring and the sun comes out to shine Oh, there's a rainbow laying above on the clouds in the sky and when the darkness rises and the sun fades away Oh, there's a sunset waiting for the moon to take its place And the darkest of clouds will have a silver lining That's why the birds still sing And you'll know who to keep close Cause you'll hear it from within When they walk in your life You'll hear the sound of violins Oh, 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 oh Sound of violins Oh, oh, oh In our darkest moments A Some people help us keep going to be strong and be bold. And the darkest of clouds will have a silver lining. They say in the heart of a storm, the sun is still shining. Oh, well, my mom told me, son, you'll be Cause you hear it from within When they walk in your life You'll hear the sound of violins Oh Telling you you're wrong, believe me. 
angel in the sky came down to save our lives. He saved me. I know you don't think you're strong, but I'm telling you, you believe me. And the darkest of clouds, I'll have a silver lightning. That's why the birds still sing in the rain when they are flying. Well, my mom told me, son, you'll be all right. You'll know who your friends are because they will bring you light. And you'll know who to keep close because you'll hear it from within. When they walk in your life, you'll hear the sound of fire. Oh, my mom told me, son, you'll be all right. You'll know who your friends are because they will bring you light. And you'll know who to keep close because you'll hear it from within. When they walk in your life, Fabulous. So, um, you, you mind explaining uh, how you got into music yourself? Uh, sure. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess that's kind of cliche. I've been singing for as long as I can remember. Um, my first performance, like, not in front of my parents, was uh, in year three uh, for, like, this Christmas, like, play. And I like had this solo on the stage, and it was crazy because there was loads of people. I remember being very excited, and I just kind of loved that, like that the th performance. I think all performers are secretly attention seekers because I, because I, I, that attention was great. I, I, I loved because everyone was like looking at me, and I was just singing. That's like, oh. and I loved that, and I kind of, I kind of craved it, like low key. I kind of, kind of, I kind of loved that kind of performance and that attention. And so since then. Anywhere and everywhere I could sing and perform, I would go. Um, it transcended into high school. Uh, I'd sing. Because there's always, like, Christmas concerts and stuff and all sorts of things in high school. And then I started getting out and doing stuff outside of school, doing gigs and stuff just from uh, people asking, doing kind of projects outside. And then my first my first real gig outside of school was at The Sage in Newcastle, which is this really big uh, music kind of venue that does a lot of classical and jazz uh, performances I was uh, volunteering there for this festival and then they, uh, we had to find singers and I was like I'm a singer so uh, I asked them to sing and by that time I had wrote about three songs uh, this was only uh, a few years ago three years ago I only started writing songs properly about three years ago I wrote three songs and they said they wanted half originals half covers and I had only done covers because I was scared to perform my own songs uh, because like the only people I've performed them to is like my best friend and he he'll just say anything to make me happy so <laughs> I, no uh, no you're very very talented and much. I think um, 
as well as working well with like different types of music with the New Horizons on the Cora and the Lagos Arts Ensemble but you have a really really strong grip on also pop music as well mm-hmm. in terms of the lyricism and the melodies and I think it's quite interesting that all three of you guys have come together in such a unique way mm-hmm. so um are you on are you on social media at the moment I am uh yeah I've got YouTube it's all, it's all just Victor Ray um I'm currently refreshing all my social media because so, I'm a trying to start recording my music properly so i'm kind of refreshing deleting a lot of old cover videos and trying to put up on new kind of like properly produce uh music and stuff so yeah victor ray on youtube on facebook soundcloud on soundcloud as well excellent okay great really interesting because um especially a lot of young people today they develop an awareness of youtube and this is how people become usually um, I wouldn't say stars, but um, it's interesting that people all over the world can hear mm. your music in mm. different locations. Yeah, and yeah. Everyone starts with covers. And you know what? I think covers are quite interesting as well because mm. everyone has their own spin on a cover. Mm. But I think the thing that struck me in Newcastle was it was all his own songs. Mm. I said that early on in the, the next day. The original songs is unusual now that people are performing live with live instruments completely their own songs at this level basically what so most people don't write their own songs anymore well, we all know of, Beyonce doesn't yeah people no. write songs it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah it's people don't really perform their own song until they're kind of asked to mm. it's, but even me like I didn't want to perform my own songs but once I performed at that first concert my own songs I'd play my songs for other people they'd be like oh you need to just perform these songs your own songs like is better than all these songs so I kind of just got on the swing of just doing my own songs alone and I think it's because maybe songwriting has become some kind of like profession you can kind of mm. make money yeah. on. So like without mm. having to be a performer mm. or having both of those connected, you can actually just sit back, write songs. And I guess I guess you were, you mentioned it earlier um, today about how maybe the goal of music has changed, how yeah. the paradigm is just the same. Well, also, I think music, <clears throat> if we're talking about music as an art form going back th- thousands of years rather than in a couple of decades, then we're looking at something that was not just entertainment. There was an educational aspect to music. There was also a spiritual dimension to music, which you mentioned earlier, and also an educational aspect of music. And as some of those other things have fallen to the back of, or fallen away to a degree. And the healing aspect of music, because in many ancient cultures, music was used for healing. And some of those things, aspects, are less accentuated than the entertainment sector I'm talking about now, in yeah. our own times. And so when you spoke about the content, I think some of the content of the music or songs that I look at is trying to bring back some of that or an awareness of some of those other aspects of music. Now, I would say it's more important than ever to have a message because um, maybe pop music is perhaps too geared towards pleasure and just the sensory mm. like overload. A, there's a standard. Yeah. There's a, it's kind of this, the same things that you'll hear. In the songs, what, what really uh, inspired me on that gig that I did with uh, Tunde, uh, a lady came up to me in the intermission and uh, she said that she really liked my music because she thought that my music would be a positive role model for young people. And another woman said that she adopted a, a kid recently and that um, she came to see me again after seeing me perform everywhere else because she heard my music and she wanted m- my music to kind of steer him in the right way. And that kind of 
I didn't realize how I was writing songs. I was just writing songs like for from my personal experiences, like Tunde said. It's all it's all very personal. But um, I recently realized that music can have a really big effect on people's lives, like emotionally, and mm. it can really help in a lot of ways where words can't, uh, just speaking can't. So that's really think something that's become important to me in my songwriting. That's absolutely beautiful for someone to say that my child Actually, should be crazy. listening to you. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really No, cool. I, I would be incredibly touched. I mean, I, it's it's not to kind of downgrade that music is kind of void of all morality, but I think, uh, as you mentioned earlier, healing should be the center. I mean, when I usually listen to music, I think what I get out of it is I want to feel better about myself, not to feel worse or to feel drained or, or used or, well, unless you guys would like to play another song from, from New Horizons. No? Um, well, don't worry, you don't have to. Don't, I, was, I was just putting you on the spot there. <laughs> I was. Genie, I think it's okay. That's the corner. We need the rest of the band for the next mm. set. Oh, <laughs> so you've only got, okay, that makes sense, okay. We brought the acoustic numbers today. Yeah. Okay. If you want the if you want the the full the full the full Monty. Yeah. And you have to come to the show. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Sorry, I was just trying to test you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm always that person that's saying encore, encore at the end. Okay, you can do it on Wednesday. Oh. I mean tomorrow. <laughs> So, uh, do you mind introducing the final song? You guys no, have collaborated not. with another artist, Akuti. Sheol. Oh, sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. I thought you were about A Kuti, one yeah. of many famous Kutis. <laughs> yeah, this... <laughs> only one can claim that they played with Fela or they're from Fela, and then it's a bit like being a Mali, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this next song, uh, No Go Slow, um, this song... Yeah, how do I put it? This song for me kind of encapsulates some aspect of um, my time um, in Nigeria, <laughs> um, particularly between Lagos and Ibadan. There's a famous expressway from Lagos to Ibadan, which I did a few times, a few times too many, <coughs> possibly. <coughs> but um, now this this road, actually, funnily enough, was the the road that inspired Wally Shienka when he wrote he wrote a uh, one of his plays, he spoke about um, the famished road, the road that was hungry, because a lot of his students, um, quite a while ago, when he used to teach in Ibadan, a lot of his students passed away because of traveling this expressway. And so he was having to attend a lot of funerals because there were a lot of accidents over the years. So he coined this term, the famished road, the hungry road that was taking lives. And then that was in one of his pieces, literary pieces. And then, of course, Ben Okri, the, uh, the famous novelist um, wrote the famous novel The Famished Road as well which was inspired by that same phrase oh, wow. and it's actually in it's yeah it's this same <laughs> same road that we're talking about in No Go Slow that people not taking time um, and sometimes we need to, it's better to take time and take it, it that's what the song is about um, you know that everyone's on a, in a speed to get somewhere do something and all the rest of it but you know sometimes it's better to take your take your time and so this collaboration on this song was uh, a song that I wrote for for Shion Kuti who's one of the sons of uh, Fela Kuti you and wrote he, it I song. wrote the song oh, wow. and then I asked him to c collaborate on because we wanted to do a collaboration uh, uh, we'd been spoken about with a dance choreographer who knows us both he's going you guys should do something and we we're going to do a chorus and saxophone that didn't happen and then I did this tune I was like no he has to do this because it's got his name on it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I just knew it would work with him. 
and um then i spoke to him and he agreed to do it um so i wrote the the the, the music and the the song the subject matter but then he he i don't speak pigeon and it needs to be delivered uh, in pigeon and so we you know he he basically translated it, the the lyrics into pigeon and delivered oh. the song so it was a collaboration between the two of us yeah obviously there were like different sessions of how you'd write the song it was and one yeah, session yeah. it was one session <laughs> it was one session I, we i called him in we came to the studio which we were working in and um he'd agreed to do it he came he listened to the track we played it for him then he said no problem he went into the booth we started recording and we spoke more and then he was recording the vocal and this comes back to the story that some of these guys were talking about then he done laid the first bit of the vocal and then it got to the chorus and I was saying to him, um, yeah, could you just do, <laughs> <laughs> can you just do this um, to the end of, you know, so he was doing that, doing that and to the end of the track. Then I said, yeah, can we just go back and do, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I heard through the, through the speakers, ah, Tunde, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we had on the record, but not on, it's not on the track, <laughs> but we have it on tape. <laughs> she on telling me off on, on my track. own tune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Because when I was listening to it um, at the Finsbury, like it was like a classic. I was singing along to a song that people I think it's a cover of a red, but it's not. Yeah, you know, I, I mean it's got it's got the aspects of Afrobeat in it, obviously, yeah. but but it's original. Yeah, a kind of strong nostalgia. And I was like, is this like an Afrobeat classic? And it was just interesting. Well, it is now. Yes. It, is, it, is. <laughs> it is now. Okay, fabulous. Because now that I know the backstory and the history, it kind of makes sense. There's a beauty to the song, especially about the... Travelling up and down the motorway. Expressway.
Conclude. Where are you guys on social media so that if any of us can find you and like find your music online? Are you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, yeah most of them. Um, for myself, I'm on uh, Facebook, um, uh, New Horizons Africa on Facebook, which covers a lot of what the art uh, art of Lake, art ensemble of Lagos are doing events, and then the website www.tundijekadi.org which has all the information on the stuff. Um, those are the main ones. And then SoundCloud and then YouTube, all of all of those mediums. Uh, and Victor as well? Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook under Victor Ray, Instagram under Victor Ray underscore zero nine, uh, YouTube under Victor Ray and SoundCloud under Victor Ray. Yeah. And Deborah, do you have any? Yeah, you can get to know more about me and my music. Um, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Debbie Soul underscore D E double B I E N Soul. Yeah, I just dropped a single recently, so you can get it on iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon. Okay. Yeah, the information on all my social media pages. Okay, brilliant. Well, uh, for our uh, listeners, you should be able to find uh, all of the following in the description box below. Um, on the SOAS Radio website as well as SoundCloud and MixCloud so be sure to check out the rest of their music and uh, before we leave uh, 
Tunday and the New Horizons have been performing all over the UK. So how's the tour been going? Yeah, it's been great. Um, the This New Horizons, New Horizons was a festival that we started in Lagos, Nigeria, at the Muson. We did two, two, three seasons there with artists that included NECA, um, and Kasai Jones, artists like that, in some of the some of the series on African ballet, and then this is the first year we've actually taken it out of Nigeria and we brought it here to the UK for this tour. So it's like a season of um, and bringing the art ensemble of Lagos over has been the first initiative of this. Um, we performed all over um, England. Um, we were at Hereford, Milton Keynes, Mac, Birmingham, um, Lyme Regis. So we really went Colchester. We've been all over. And then the last place we're playing in um, for this tour is uh, Camden Assembly in London. So it's been a, it's been a it's been a great a great experience. Um, the group has really grown through the journey of of the dates, and um, yeah, tomorrow is the conclusion at Camden Assembly. So how were you received? I guess <laughs> London is multicultural, but the rest of England is. It's quite different. So how do it's people very different, relate? very different, very different demographics. But actually, it's been it's been fantastic reception. It's it, you know in places we might not have expected. Like Lyme Regis was one that Where sprung to that? mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all said that before we went there. It's right on the sea. It's in Dorset. It's literally the Stop. the theatre's here and the sea is there. Mm. Literally, you come out and the, you see the sea. Whoa. And um. And it's called the Marine Theatre. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then the people came and that was that was a very electric Crazy. atmosphere very in there and spot. they all loved it. Um, and and it, you kind of think how they're going to relate to some of the musical influences, mm. but they, they did. They loved it. They were yeah. mm, they were dancing. dancing. They were dancing oh, all great. around the hall. So um, <laughs> then in Hereford and in and in the stables in Milton Keynes, the same thing, you know, like people were at the end were dancing in, you know, between the seats and <laughs> all the rest of it. Really? No, yeah. it, I think the music really, like we said about universe, the universal aspect of music, you know, people come and they come with, you know, from their world. But when you hit them with a music that has a power, it takes them beyond their their confines, beyond their immediate and I mean, I think what was where was the place? There was someone dancing, and I think Seth was dancing with him, and he was just. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was Lime Regis. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, great. <laughs> and it's like this guy had not danced for his whole life, and <laughs> was suddenly dancing, and he was dancing his whole oh, life. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been. Um, so we're just w waiting to see how how it co how it comes back to to London at Camden mm. Assembly, but we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Well, uh, I have to say, I'm. Thank you so much for attending my show. Oh, thank you for um, having us. And I hope to hear more from New Horizons in the future. And yeah, I, I think next yeah. year we'd like to take it to other spaces. Um, we're talking to people in America because um, there's interest in bringing it there next year and then also bring it back here um, once we release the album, hopefully ne by next year, and then tour, tour it again next year. And some of these venues, we'll be speaking to them after we finish the tour because a lot of those venues received us very warmly and wanted us to come back. So... So there's openings there. Brilliant. So you guys will be going global. Yes. Yeah. From the UK, from Nigeria. Yeah. All okay. over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. And again, for our uh, listeners, uh, you can find all of the information in the description box at SOAS Radio slash Clapback. Thank you so much for joining us and goodbye.